is my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship you're listening to the kiss my aesthetic podcast i'm your host michelle winterstein of mkw creative co where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media you're in the right spot for branding marketing and entrepreneurship advice so enjoy the episode Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm so excited to have Amber of AF Marketing on the pod today. Welcome, Amber. I'm so excited to be here. Like, can I be your biggest fan? Because oh this my god, is- <laughs> <laughs> no, this is so long overdue. I know you and I have kind of like we're just like ships passing in the night. I feel like you're doing, you're having this crazy moment, and then I'm having this crazy moment, and we we keep in touch on social. But it's been I've wanted you on the pod probably this entire season too. So I'm so excited you're here. Oh, that's so funny that you say that because that is how I know what's going on in your life is I stalk your Instagram, your TikTok. I'm watching you build brands when I'm in bed at nine o'clock at night, live on TikTok all the time. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think it's kind of cool. Like I love to see, you know, we're both in San Diego in, you know, overlapping industries and like, we're both doing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of time, like stuff's busy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's picking up crazy. Even before this, we were just chatting about how kind of that changing of the season always just stirs up all the crazy (laughs) in the October in Q4. But for anyone who doesn't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do and who you help? I would love to. I'm Amber Frank Husen, as you mentioned, the founder of AF Marketing. We're a creative agency based out of San Diego. We focus on branding websites, social media management, and graphic design, but we're really focused in a couple of specific industries, mostly real estate development and related industries. So think realtors, architecture firms, et cetera, et cetera. And then also just kind of luxury brands. So we work with yachting, aesthetic medicine, aesthetic you know, cosmetic services, all that kind of stuff. And the reason we focus on those niches or niches, depending on how you say it, is um, from my background, I was in real estate development. I was a corporate girly, like crying in the bathroom and trying to survive for almost 10 years at different real estate development firms. And now we have a team of seven in San Diego and contractors all over the US supporting clients here locally and all over the world. Oh my goodness. It's really exciting because like you said, you have this whole corporate side that I never had experience on. I talk about this on the pod all the time. Like I started in college and was like, well, let's try this. And then like (laughs) never looked back. Um, So tell us a little bit about your path. Like, did you see yourself becoming an entrepreneur, becoming an agency owner, or is it something that you've kind of stumbled into? And now in hindsight, you're like, well, duh. No, you totally nailed it. I felt ass backwards into having an agency. That's the actual truth of it. But you know, when when you look back, it's like everything makes sense looking backwards. Like behind you is 2020 vision or whatever that saying mm-hmm. is. People are uh-huh. screaming. Hindsight like, is 2020. Uh-huh. Thank you. But then 2020 was a terrible year. So I feel like that saying is kind of in the shitter. Let's throw it away. Let's throw it away. Right? No, you're you're totally right. Like like looking back on my path, like you could go back to when I was a kid and like, we're going to play school, Amber's the principal. We're going to play babysitter's club. I don't have time to babysit kids. I'm going to be the boss. Or I mean, Hocus Pocus 2 came out. I was just or talking to my cousins and I was always like, I'm going to be the main one, Winnie, the redhead. Like I mm-hmm. am the boss. Like, mm-hmm. of course I'm in a leadership role now, but you know, there was a time in my life in my corporate career where somebody, my, my mentor actually was like, you need to think about starting a creative agency in your next position. And I was so discouraged and had so much, you know, heartache around not knowing what to do with my life, no confidence, even though I was in a very, you know, prominent role, I thought there was no way I could do this. And so 
for me, it's been a huge learning experience and a huge personal growth journey to get to this point. But all the experiences leading up to it, no matter how hard they were, like played into where I am now. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. And I think that there's something really special about what we do in that we have the creativity, but we have the business mindset because there are a lot of creatives that don't have a business mindset. And there are a lot of business people that don't have a creative mindset. And I think it's really, really lucky to have kind of that sampling of both. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And the thing is, is like, you know, I, my last job, which was at an amazing developer here in San Diego, um, very prominent. And I had a very prominent role there and it was trial by fire. Like I say, it was the best education I ever got. It was like going to real estate development school. You know what I mean? But also I'm sitting with the finance team and the accounting team. And it made me just dangerous enough to know how to navigate the things that I need to know in my business. But to be honest with you, Michelle, like I didn't have any formal training in design or leading a creative team. So that was stuff where, you know, maybe creative entrepreneurs are going to figure out that finance or legal or those back end things. I was going and doing my research on building how to lead creatives and, you know, how to make, you know, or how to give good design feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. those were my learning paths. So nobody has the entire formula and we're all figuring it out together. And the argument that even if you did have the formula in like a sit down school kind of setting, who's to say that that information doesn't become completely outdated in like three years time. Okay. 100%. And it's so funny you bring that up because a big part of my business, as you know, is like having interns where I went to San Diego state university. I work a lot with the school and with students there. And I have this kind of like side project, my passion project. And I just call it college is broken because these poor kids go get a marketing education and nobody tells them like how to run a Google campaign. Nobody tells them how to do SEO. They're studying the same stuff we studied in college. It was like, you know, why Coca-Cola has a a great marketing campaign or look at the Mm -hmm. rebrand of Burger King, like nothing helpful and nothing that makes you dangerous or interesting to an employer when you're applying to join an agency. Mm -hmm. And so much of the school stuff as well. Like my sister is 19 and she's studying like a strategic communications TCU, or that's what she started in as. And she got in the classes and she goes, I remember her sending me a Snapchat her first week of class being like, Michelle, I think you could teach this better. (laughs) And I was like, I'm so glad you're spending like tens of thousands of dollars every like semester to go there. But it's so true because the way, just the nature of marketing plus throw a pandemic in there, plus how fast the technology moves and the apps move. Like even if you did have time to write a textbook, by the time you publish your textbook, like your information is out of date. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, for me, and I agree, you could for sure teach strategic communications better than any professor right now. But I'll be honest with you, like teaching and and speaking to college students, like it feeds my ego so much because I love to teach. And that is my like end game. P.S. Like, I want to be a college professor. Like that is what I want to do when I retire. Um, but anyway, like the mentorship piece of it and really helping people understand like what you need to know and learn how to do in college is learn how to be resourceful, learn how to research things, learn how to figure it out, learn how to create your own experience. So my biggest tip for people coming into, you know, trying to get a job at an agency or starting in marketing is, you know, the joke of how do I have, how do I apply for a job that requires three-year experience when I can't even get any, you have to create it yourself. So that Mm -hmm. means starting your following on TikTok, getting, you know, interested in building a website for yourself on Squarespace, optimizing it using the SEO tools. Like what are you watching on YouTube to further your marketing education? Like I'm still doing that as a business owner all the time. Like 
that's what's expected of the people that I hire as well. Someday I'm just going to publish my Google search history. <laughs> like oh I'm going to be like, I'm a business owner running a multi six figure business. And here's everything I Googled this month because like there are, that's the beauty of it is like now this online education of getting answers is so democratized, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many people that have so much transparency and this is a project that I did. This is exactly how much I charge. These are exactly the deliverables. And it's been a lot of my theory behind doing the live. So the way that I feel like you love interns, I love live streaming. Yes, like we kind of have that in common because it scratches that like education itch, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, I want to be the resource that I didn't have when I was starting, Girl. right? Yes. And I have to tell you, like my life experience, I don't, I don't know if it's just because like I'm an only child, but Mm. I always had this experience of like, I just like didn't know things that other people knew. Like, I'll give you some examples. Like this one was always really embarrassing. Like where I showed up to high school on the very first day and I did not know the words freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Like I didn't know (laughs) that's the way that the classes went. And like, you know, when I was like applying for colleges and stuff, like I didn't know there was deadlines. Thank God my high school boyfriend's mom like saved me and was like, your applications are due tomorrow. I didn't know a lot of random stuff. And, you know, coming into the workplace, there was a lot of, you know, kind of social, cultural norms and professional norms that I learned by watching and observing. Mm -hmm. And I never had anybody kind of showing me the ropes or guiding me through that. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mentorship because I, you know, I look back and doing my inner child work of Mm -hmm. looking at 21 year old me and I'm like, oh, you poor thing, you needed somebody. And Mm -hmm. so to now be in the position of, you know, running a business. And for me, it's about giving back to the community and pouring some love into these young students who, like you just mentioned, have gone through a pandemic, like shit's upside down for them. They need help. And so I love being that person to be the guiding light. I might be just one step ahead of somebody else on this path, but there's knowledge that we have to give back to the younger generations. I completely agree. And, and so much of my early years in figuring it out, like I was solo, by the way, if you're a new tuner into the podcast, like I was a solopreneur for the first six years of the last nine years, like the majority of the time it was just me and I was digital nomad traveling and I was zipping all around. And like this whole agency phase for me has been very fresh. It's like very new and recent. And I think you kind of started off as kind of a solo act as well. At what point did you realize like, this is more work than I can do as one person? You know, and like I mentioned, and I fell ass backwards into starting this agency. So to rewind for like two minutes, when I was working in corporate America, I used the quotes there because it was a great developer here in San Diego. I was just in a position that it was too big for my britches and Mm -hmm. I was struggling a lot and I really lost myself. I was dealing with health issues and gained a bunch of weight, was not liking myself, was miserable at work. And I left that job to go heal. I literally saved money and I was like, I'm going to take six months off of work and and try to figure it out. And then my phone started ringing and one person was like, Hey, a family friend needs help with their social media or Hey, this other person that I know need just opened a dental practice. Can you help them with marketing? And all of a sudden I just had this clientele and I'm, you know, as you're saying, Googling, like, do I set up, what's an EIN number? How do I set up a bank account? All those Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I started this business working on an ironing board. Like I didn't even have a desk. I had an ironing board and I would set it up in the middle of my living room every day. And I would pace around my tiny apartment in Carlsbad and make phone calls and try to figure stuff out. And I've been really lucky in my career to have great relationships and have a lot of referrals. So I was just getting more work than I could handle. And I was excited. I didn't want to say no. So 
I started by hiring somebody and not knowing how to build a team. Really, I was a disaster. But what I did know was there was a lot of like admin tasks and things that I could use support on. And I started looking into, could I hire interns? And my first question and Googling was, is that even legal? Like, I have no idea. And so I spent all this, I spent a year actually putting together like an intern program for my company and doing all the research in the back end of, you know, is this legal or how do you make it legal? And how can we make this, you know, kind of dovetailing what we were just talking about, not an internship program, not like fetch my coffee, get my dry cleaning. We don't have dry cleaning anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, can I mentor these, these college students? And like, what do they know that I don't know? And how can they really come in and enhance what we're doing as an agency? So I started bringing on interns two or three per semester. And that has been, I swear, the most like rewarding part of my business because all of the kids that have come through the internship program, I'm still in touch with. They're now like getting jobs, starting their own businesses, like getting married. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, what? <laughs> they're babies. And like, it's the most exciting thing ever to watch them grow. And then they have awesome experience to put on their resume that we tailor so that they can be even more successful instead of just going right. to a desk job where they don't do anything all day. Right. And I've been on the flip side of that coin. I had two internships in college and one of them was at the Museum of Contemporary Art, which I loved. Um, but cool. I was the an events intern, events and education intern. And I was like, this is great. Like I'll be at all the parties and talking to the artists <laughs> and talking to the donors because I wanted to be a curator more than anything. That was like, oh, I'm going to be an art curator. And like, I'm going to be like hobnobbing with all these people, these intellectuals all the time. And it's going to be great. And then I got into that internship and like my desk was up in the top office and they were running all of their forms for requests through like Microsoft docs. Like, Oh dear. Oh dear. (laughs) Enter information. You'd go space, 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 space. No, I can't. And I literally in my week was like, can I redo this? And I made everything a fillable doc. Like everything is fillable. The content is locked. You don't get an opportunity to mess things around. You can't take out an entire line of text. And they're like, well, thanks. We didn't ask you, but like. (laughs) Okay. And that's such a great point, right? Like if you were sitting around at your internship, waiting for somebody to tell you what to do, you would do nothing, but you took the initiative to be like, how can I improve this? Or what do I know that can make this better? And you went and did it. And I remember the feeling of being at that internship because I had it on Tuesday, Thursdays from like noon to, f- to six or something like this. And I remember sitting there and hitting that like 3 p.m. slump and being like, I'm exhausted and all I want to do is take a nap and I can't. <laughs> and I, I can't do that. I cannot work in an office setting. And I have the example of my mom being self-employed and then my right. grandma and my aunt and like my great grandmother was self-employed and like where you have the autonomy to make that kind of schedule. And so I think totally like there's so there's so much benefit to like being able to learn what you do like and what you don't like. And I feel like an internship gives you an opportunity to hone in on like, well, I never want to do that again. A hundred percent. And like trying on different company cultures for size and seeing what fits. And I'll tell you this, like one of the number one, I'll call it problems that students Mm -hmm. come to me with is they're like, well, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I'm like, girl, me too. I don't know. know (laughs) Nobody has that figured out. And there's so much pressure in college to like know what you're supposed to do after college. Like you're going to do it for the next 30 years. But part of the experience of being young even out of college and early in your career is trying things and like going mm-hmm. down a path and then being like, now I'm going to make a new decision. And then you make that decision and then you make another one. Right. And that's the path of your life. So 
for us, like bringing people through this internship and mentorship program is to help them feel like they have the tools in their toolbox to make those decisions and move forward with confidence. And for me, for us as an agency, it's again, been like the biggest thing that's helped us scale and just keep the balls of all of our clients' projects moving because our interns help us with so much stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about the structure of an internship program and the legality of it. Cause we started kind of dipping into that. And my Mm -hmm. assumption out of not doing a bunch of research about it is that you have to be really careful with with internship compensation and whether they're working on, if they're free intern, which I don't think is particularly ethical, they definitely can't help you do paid work. Is that correct? That's correct. So there's actually a legal primary beneficiary test and there's seven points on that primary beneficiary test that tell you how you can hire an unpaid intern. And Mm -hmm. this is my big thing too, Michelle. I went back and forth with this with like, I did a ton of unpaid internships in college too. And what did I get out of them? Okay. I put something on my resume and that equal energy exchange is really important for me. So I'll go back to the primary beneficiary test, but to kind of touch on that. And that's a lot of, I've gotten a lot of feedback about that. People have a lot of feelings about, is that like legit? Well, for me and the way that we run our internship program, I'm pouring into our interns on like one-on-one calls that are straight up mentoring and coaching also putting them through a rigorous curriculum that touches on everything from professional communication to productivity, to personal finance, to business finance, and giving them the education that has context in exchange for them to do work. Mm -hmm. And for me, that equal energy exchange feels very balanced. And that's how this kind of program works for us. And the primary beneficiary test basically does state in one of the points, if you can hire somebody to do that work for you paid, like then your intern can't be doing that work. So some of the stuff that our interns do for us is like support on, you know, um, engagement on social media for our clients. They do a lot of research. Like one of the biggest projects we just did is we're doing a branding project with a multifamily developer. And I was like, I need to know every brand on every building that they've ever built in like all of North America, Canada, everywhere. Please go make me a list. You know what I mean? Like, I need to look at stuff. And and then they're making content creation. They're doing TikToks. They're doing all these different types of things that for them are, you know, ways that they can be a contributor to projects. And then also we can measure their results in all those different types of ways to really build them a compelling type of resume. Totally. So the way that we run it, and again, back to the primary beneficiary test is that it is valid to hire an unpaid intern so long as they're receiving college credit in exchange for their program. Uh That's the hint. And so the way that I run it and the way that I find interns is I post on LinkedIn, but they have to be a student in order to apply and they have to be eligible for that internship program at their school. Now I've worked with schools all over because hello, it's COVID and still Mm -hmm. a pandemic time. So I ran a lot of our program virtually. So I've had students from schools all over California. And I'll post on LinkedIn and those candidates can apply. And so long as they're qualified for that program through their school, they've got the right prerequisites or whatever they need, they come to my program. And then it's the school that dictates what their hours are and all that type of stuff. So for me, it's 10 hours a week with the San Diego State students that we have right now. We have two of them. We have uh, calls every week that are one-on-one coaching calls. Plus they have an hour of you know involved time in our curriculum. Plus they're involved in even just watching me on meetings, hearing me on client calls, that kind of contextual stuff of being around a business owner with clients, it helps them gain so much information. 
And it's the stuff that's, those are the soft skills that you can read it in a textbook, but until you've observed it and then had to replicate it, you won't ever have experience doing. And I'm lucky in that I've listened to my mom talk to clients on the phone for the last 20 years. Yeah. And I've heard her take a discovery call. And you yeah. start out to tell me about your project. And then I'll be happy to explain a bit how, about how we work and see if we're a good fit, right? Like I use that verbiage like to a T. And like you don't know that necessarily until you've observed it and seen it work. And so yeah. it makes so much sense that you've got this curriculum for them where you're you're giving them those buzzy phrases that would hit on a resume. It's like content creation experience and campaign research and competitor exactly. analysis. And they're actually getting the real, real, real experience of it. 100%. And the other thing that I've noticed too in trying to hire for people to join our team is that a lot of people are not familiar with the tools that every business uses to run like a project management tool. Like you come into an internship program with us, you're only communicating with me via Slack and ClickUp. And then congratulations, Mm -hmm. you have just diversified yourself from all of the other candidates that are graduating from college with the same resume as you, but you have project management experience and you know how internal communication works. Mm -hmm. Huge leg up on a lot of other people. So just getting that practice and being in the environment, both digitally and in person is a huge benefit to our interns. I think of like all the little ways I've trained my team on stuff like this of I've got team members that are so fast and so eager and so like ready to provide stuff for our clients, which is a quality that I love, but I've had to be like, listen, they don't need the files within the hour. Yeah. Like, we can wait. We can wait They're They paid tens of thousands of dollars for the service. We don't need to just turn this around. Like because we're actually diminishing the value of the anticipation of them getting the files, which like sounds backwards, but it's one of those things that you can only learn by experience, right? You cannot put that in an SOP because it'd be like, why? You have to talk about it. Yes. I totally agree. Absolutely. It's so interesting. There's, there's so many like little tricks, not, they're not even tricks. They're just kind of strategies on client communications, like you're talking about internal communications, do your interns work with each other? Is there yeah. collaboration opportunities? Hundred okay. percent. Yes. Tell us about that. They always partner with each other on projects, whether it's content creation or research or figuring things out. That's a big thing for me. Like Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. So, like, I am not going to tell you how to do this. It's either in our SOPs or on Google. Like go research and then work together. They also collaborate with our team. So our team can have them help with their projects as well. Like, can you research this or put together this city guide or whatever it might be that can support other activities? So there's tons of collab there. But I want to ask you a question, Michelle. I'm mm-hmm. going to turn the tables on you. Do it. You, I mean, you obviously, and I'm obsessed with your mother, by the way. And oh like, gosh. if savvy <laughs> interiors could just like do my whole life, that'd be great. But who are your mentors? Like, who are the people that taught you some of these things? Like, where did you go for help when you were building your business? My parents, a thousand percent. Like, I I would never have started my business if my parents didn't give me like a kick in the butt. Be like, try it. Because I was 20. I had, clearly I had like a hunger. I loved making my own money. Like, I'm not shy about that whatsoever. Like, since I was 10, I was selling bracelets and making artwork and like, spent all of seventh grade, like hand painting canvas totes for everyone for Christmas. Like people I wasn't even that close of friends with. And I'm sitting in the garage, like after my homework, like painting for hours. Cause it's just like what I wanted to do. And obviously my parents knew this about me and my mom had some referrals and I had a jailbroken version of Illustrator on the CD on my laptop (laughs) where half the commands didn't work because I was too cheap to pay for Adobe Creative Suite. And they're like, just try. Like, if it sucks, like, go get a job. And I was like, 
Okay. And I was like, I don't know what to charge. And they're like, just charge more than you would babysitting, which is the only other like real paying job I'd had since then. And besides like summer jobs and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so $15 an hour. And so for six months, I did anything for $15 an hour and just kind of learned and learned and learned and then graduated. And, but it's really, my mentors are definitely my parents. And then now kind of being within the network of professionals that I'm at, like I'm starting to kind of get more diverse points of view and like interesting feedback. And it's a lot of the reason why this podcast exists. Like this podcast existed as a variation on what I called Design Live, which was an interview series I started on Instagram Live in 2018, where I was messaging people who I thought were crushing it. And I I was like, can I interview you? Like, not can I pick your brain? Not can I take you for coffee? Can I interview you? Because I have questions I want to ask. And I feel like other people will benefit from them. And that's what evolved into what this now is. So my mentorship, it's not one specific mentor, but it's kind of just like this floating universe of people that I think are crushing it. A hundred percent. And by the way, just like obsessed with you always being an early adopter. Like, let me do things that nobody is doing. Like, remember when everybody did Instagram lives during COVID, like, and we were all like, that's enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You were doing them before they were cool. And I think that some of the things that you touched on are exactly what is important about like a mentee mentorship relationship. Like first and foremost, like I have a ton of mentors. I don't know why I exist because I'm only listening to their podcasts and reading their books, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Marie Forleo's, the Gabby Bernstein's, mm-hmm. Ed Milet's, like those are my mentors that I would literally think like, okay, what would Ed Milet do in this situation? And like put that persona on, but also peers. Like I think a lot of people totally. miss out on the fact that you can be mentored by somebody who is in the same lane as you or who's in the lane next to you and it's on the totally. same path. Totally. And that's exactly what this freaking podcast is and why it's so great because it is a resource for people to continue to, like you said, get new perspectives. And it and- pushes me to talk to people about the things that I'm curious about. Like I spent the whole first half of this season of the podcast, like just dead set on NFTs. I was like, NFTs, right. metaverse, da, 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 crypto, like was in it. And then I, I kind of was like, okay, maybe no. <laughs> interesting conversation. It got my gears turning, but it doesn't just because you have a conversation about something doesn't necessarily mean you have to bring it to fruition either. So true. But the fact that you approach that with curiosity, which I think is the most undervalued trait to have. If you are a curious person, like you will be successful period. End of story. And the fact that you're going in with a service mindset of like, how can I make this conversation not about me, but about serving more people. And I see that I get people all the time and I'm sure you do too. I'd love to take you out to coffee. I'm like, I don't even have time to like walk my dog. Like I, I, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen, but if you can serve in a bigger platform or, you know, share that, I think it makes it worth it. And so it's an interesting conversation too, because part of the mentorship program that, you know, we have this built in for the interns is how are you going to take care of yourself after I'm not your mentor anymore? After you graduate from here, you need to build the skills to network and find new mentors. And for me personally, again, my parents as well, but my parents both worked in corporate America. So they didn't yeah, have, totally different. and you know, they didn't have the entrepreneurial kind of input for me, but you know, my dad's best friend does. And you know, my old boss, he used to run a home building company. He's my mentor. I've been in contact with different agency owners around San Diego. I just had coffee with Jean Walter from Jean Walter communications, trans mm-hmm. PR agency, mm-hmm. San Diego. I'm obsessed with her. And it's like such an honor to just, you know, 
be connected with these people, but I'm not going to them being like, can you help me through this problem? Or I have a team member I need help with. I'm not going to them for them to help me. It's about building a relationship. relationship. Again, equal energy exchange, like supporting when they have things to promote or to blow up or whatever. And I would say to people out there, if you're looking for a mentor and you're listening to this because you're like, I'm obsessed with Michelle Winterstein. Like, how can I get her to be my mentor? It's like, are you promoting her podcast? Like, are you commenting on all her posts? Like, what are you doing to participate in her life to serve her? And I would say that every time I go and have an idea of how I can serve somebody that I want to connect with, it usually pays off in spades. Totally. And it's it's that it's the help yourself first and then ask also. Like, and this is the thing I think, especially with creatives and especially in this, like, pull back the curtain, nothing's a secret, put it all out there kind of way is that that information is so available. Yeah. It's so available. You just have to seek it out. Right. So it's that part too, but I've, I've told the story on the podcast before I had someone watch an Insta- uh, TikTok live and they said, are you hiring? Because I want a remote job. Yes. I, I saw like, this. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. I was like, let's, let's everyone pause Time out. Time out. Like, duh. Like everyone wants a remote job. Like you told me nothing about a problem that you could solve an uh, attribute that you bring that I'm lacking. Like that does not make me want to hire you one bit. 100%. My biggest one that I hate to hear is when people apply for a job and they say that they would really like to learn from me and I'm going to pay you money or give you access to our internship program or whatever so that you can come to learn, learn. No, you need to come in, provide value. And again, like my God, like nobody taught me this when I was 20, I'm probably, I sure, sure. I said that in an interview, but Mm -hmm. the reality is, is like, ask yourself, why is somebody hiring? They're hiring because they have work that needs to get done and they need to get somebody who's going to be effective at completing it. So how can you position yourself as that person? That mm-hmm. means you're going to come in, like you said, and say, I can do this. I have these skills. I have this track record of success. Like, here's how I can fit into your organization instead mm-hmm. of, I'd like to learn from you because that just sounds like a lot of work for me. Mm-hmm. Or it's the, hey, I noticed that you don't do this. Hey, Michelle, I noticed that you host a podcast and you're not transcribing the podcast and turning them into blog posts. I think I could do that for you. It would cost about this, this much. Let's do a 90 day trial. And at the end of it, if you're happy with the work that I've done, I'd love to talk about working with you in a longer capacity. Signed, sealed, delivered. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this podcast, like just rewind, write that down verbatim. Uh-huh. And like, that is your intro email to every business that yeah. you want to work with. And I think that that, if you do high quality work in that way, that's what begets more work. It's showing 100%. the initiative. It's being a self, like being self-confident enough to know where your skills are and also being transparent enough to let them know where your skills are not. Say like, I don't do this. Like I had someone call me yesterday who's has a tea company that's won all these amazing tea awards and they really want to work with us in a branding capacity, but not for a rebrand. They just want packaging. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm not, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a packaging specialist. And I would be doing you a disservice by taking on this project because that's not our zone of genius. And that's also not where our agency is headed. And so I'd be happy to connect you with somebody that can, but it's not going to be me. And that's, like knowing what you're good at staying in your zone of genius is something that again, you only learn really with time. I feel. 100%. And the thing is too, is like, I see this a lot again with the college student conversation, but you got to play the long game because yeah. a lot of my clients now, again, are from people that I met 10 years ago. Like I have a huge new client that we just signed. I'm so excited about working with them. And it's 
because that my boss's boss's boss, like four jobs ago, now works at that company and we've stayed in touch on LinkedIn. Honestly, that's how you grow your business. And it feels, it can feel really scary when you're really a young professional and you don't know a lot of people, but this, it's the compounding interest of your network that will pay off in dividends over time. So if you help somebody out now by not screwing them on a bad, you know, Mm -hmm. packaging Mm -hmm. deal that's not within your scope of work or your zone of genius, it's like keep in contact with those people. They remember you. They remember the referral. Yeah. And then in 10 years, they're like, we're ready for a rebrand. And you're like, I'm, I'm your girly. I'm here. (laughs) I've had that happen too. I've had, I've had clients come to me, even past clients that were like, Hey, I've got this new project, but I don't think I have the budget. And I'm like, no, I I understand. Like, let me connect you with somebody who can meet you where you're at. Like, I never want anyone to feel like they're paying out money for our services that they're not ready for, that they're like, taking on debt. Like, no, no, this is an investment to get you a return. Like this shouldn't be putting you in the red. And so if I can help you work with somebody who's a better fit, like that's still, I still come out smelling like roses. I love that. So that's just like another little thing of like, again, you learn along the way, but then of course they went and worked with the person that was lower budget and then they were unhappy with the work product. And then they ended up coming back to me and they said, I should have just hired you from the get go. I'm like, well, yes. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff. I know we only have like about 10 minutes left. So I do need to ask you because this is like my favorite thing because you're a pop culture girly. Yes. And I'm a pop culture girly. Yes. And I would love to just like just shoot the shit on what we're excited about in like a trending capacity where we think social media is going. Are we past cancel culture trends? <laughs> like, and I'm just like, man, I would have so much space in my brain if I didn't care about pop culture. Cause I can recall all of the facts of don't worry, darling at the drop <laughs> of a hat, like lit- like chronological in order, this press release, they went to Venice film festival. He spit in Chris Pine's lap. Yes. Da, 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 da. Like I can just absolutely rattle it. So I'm wondering like, what are the things that are living rent free in your head that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe that that's living in my head right now. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm an encyclopedia of knowledge of everything, real housewives of every franchise. Like I, I'm not even, been watching the season of Beverly Hills. It's too toxic. I'm like very careful about my energy mm-hmm, input and I just can't do it, but I still know what's going on verbatim. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about, Michelle, is the connection of like how we met, which was oh my God, the yeah. toast <laughs> and their rebrand. Totally. I mean, Dear Media is taking over the world and I'm just like Completely. so happy for, I mean, Michael and Lauren being from San Diego. Totally. Totally. Like, I feel like I'm also an Ashray sister. So like to right. see them and their brand evolve, like I'm so proud of them. Yeah. No, it's a very interesting acquisition. I mean, I would love to be on the fly on the wall and see what they signed the dollar amount for because I don't think that they rolled over slowly. Um, And if you guys have no idea what we're talking about, there's a (laughs) podcast called The Morning Toast, which is a celebrity pop culture gossip podcast um, by two sisters. And being the oldest of five sisters in my family, I was like, oh my gosh, they talk to each other like I talk to my sisters. And it's about Mm -hmm. pop culture. And you and I were in an affiliated Facebook group Mm -hmm. from said podcast, which is how we got connected, which is so funny. But they just got it's not, they're not acquired. They're just like under the umbrella, they're a partner. Yeah. But it's like smelling like Joe Rogan and Spotify kind of a deal, you Uh know? So uh I hope they got a pretty penny for that collab. And well, because it's scooped up 
all of the podcasts within their network. And like, I wouldn't, if as a creative that's like runs an agency, like I don't want to own a bunch of agencies. Like I can see why as a podcasters, they don't want to particularly be in charge of running an empire of podcasts. That's like a lot. 100%. And what I think it really is, honestly, is they probably are able to delegate some of the admin tasks to the admin team, like whether that's, you know, the video or the the posting and the editing or whatever to your media team. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Dealing with the ads. so They don't have to answer those emails anymore. Like that makes sense with like where Jackie is in her life. She's a new mom, probably not wanting to do as much, but then also they can focus on other projects. I just, I love to see it. But speaking of like where I think social media is going, I think the fact that we met in a toast Facebook group and it is the only thing I will ever go on Facebook for is the groups. And I think that's the future of, of social media. It's only about like niche Niche community. That's all that matters to me anymore. And like finding out where businesses or brands or people fit in there to have an authentic conversation is the future of social media. Because I think we're all over this like reproduction of a thousand different dances on TikTok. Like it's fun to see Charlie D'Amelio do it, but now like she has her community or Addison mm-hmm. Ray has her community. Mm-hmm. And I want to see people like starting communities to serve others or entertain others or inform or inspire others. And then you get that little like micro community. That kind of stuff's really exciting to me. Well, and it's, it's extremely lucrative, <laughs> which, is yeah. why, which is why we've stuck to it. And I think it's so interesting because I just had this conversation this week. I, we took all of our clients off of Instagram at the in April being like mm-hmm. Instagram is a sinking ship. And we think that like not off off, but we focus mm-hmm. on like reels and TikTok content because yes. I think our team, like we know video, like that's mm-hmm. my background. That's why actually what I went, it's my major. Like I understand short form video and short form video for brands and have like a very clear vision of what a brand's video presence should be. So and you we do it that, so well. Thank you. So we made that pivot, but then like now then the San Diego open project. And now we have some of these other projects. They're like, we really do just kind of want posts on Instagram. And so like approaching that with our team, I'm like, okay, so maybe we will go back to offering that. And it's been this whole thing that we've been dealing with internally, but all that to say, like the only thing that seems to be working from our perspective with social is a sprint and a walk and not an endurance jog. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. And I have to say too, on the whole like conversation of Instagram and where to be and where to put your efforts, I'm seeing the generational shift. Like, you know, our moms were on Facebook when we were like, that's not cool anymore. And now they're figuring out Instagram. You know what I mean? So it's this generational lag where for us, a lot of our clients are, you know, home builders or yachting companies or ultra high net worth individuals that are just now getting on this platform and starting to utilize it. And so they're not as savvy to the tricks of brands and the, you know, the right. types of things. Right. So it is still valid for some markets, totally. but maybe not for others, but also if you're trying to grow eyeballs on your brand, duh, go to TikTok. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. I just gave a talk with designer boss summit and I talked about live streaming and how I used to live stream on Instagram. And now I live stream on TikTok because live stream is my recruitment tool and Instagram is my retention tool. Yes. So like TikTok allows me to get new eyeballs. Instagram allows me to keep them there. So yeah. it's kind of that tactic as well. But I think like because people take breaks from social media and you still need to reach them. It's like, what mm-hmm. does text message marketing look like? What is email marketing is having a whole renaissance right now? Like Absolutely. where, where are we going with a marketing thing to not inundate people to the point where they have to take like a detox? 
right? Yeah. I think that's really interesting because for us, the way that we treat Instagram for all of our clients now is that it is a digital resume, which yes. means it doesn't have to be updated every single minute of every single day, but it needs to represent your brand and all of its values. So somebody can visually understand who you are and what you do very quickly. And because Instagram is an equalizer of someone doing competitor research. You're, yeah. Someone might come to your website and be like, knocked, like, knocked to the floor, like absolutely impressed by your website Mm -hmm. and go to your competitors and be like, Oh, whatever. But there's kind of now it used to be, you'd find someone on Instagram and go to their website to see if they're legit. Now you find them on TikTok, you go to Instagram to see if they're legit. Like you're trying to see like, is this a brand that actually walks the walk and talks the talk because websites can get so convoluted and confusing and misleading, at least Instagram yes. from the consumer's perspective, they know how to how to extract the content from a format that they know. Absolutely. And the same principles still apply from like a marketing perspective of what we're trying to communicate there. It's the social proof. It's the like, am I seeing somebody talk to me? Like, can I understand who I'm going to be interacting with if I choose to work with this business or buy from this business? Do they reflect the same values as I? Are they sloppy? Are they careful? All of these different factors, like we're just now getting that information from Instagram. I couldn't agree more, Michelle. Totally, totally. Or is it, does it represent the aspirational lifestyle that I wish to have, especially when we're talking luxury goods, which is like yes. also a favorite niche of mine. Yes. Um, so I'm with you on that. And congratulations to you as well for winning your awards. Oh, Love yourself, you. please. Oh my thank gosh. Thank you. Yeah, that was really exciting. We just completed a rebrand for CityMark Development. They are just... I mean, a cornerstone of San Diego development. If you've ever been to Little Italy, they basically built every apartment building there and also all of Ballpark Village. So they did all of the different development down there, especially in the early 2000s. And for me, I remember when I got the call that they were interested in working with us, I was in Palm Springs with my boyfriend. I broke down crying at the pool because I was like, if I win this contract, like this is going to be like such a feather in the cap for our agency. And then we were just nominated for three awards. We were finalists for two, one of the brand for City Mark, one of the um, website for a community that they're building, Craft. And then we won best website overall for 2022 for the City Mark. It's citymark.com if you want to go check it out. Consolidated five different websites into one really easy to navigate site. And it incorporates all their new branding and energy. And it was incredible to be recognized in front of the building industry and be on yeah. stage. And ugh, yeah, it's fun. I like, yeah. I like stuff like that. It's, it's no, good. totally. And it's, it's nice. To, yeah. And it's nice when, when people who are not in your industry are not maybe like you're saying, like not these crazy mm-hmm. active Instagram, huge mega whoever's that like mm-hmm. you actually like get a physical award. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. Oh my gosh. Thank so you. where can everyone find you, follow you, work with you, get more information, connect if they love this episode? So I think um, they will. Well, first of all, you can always find me watching the TikTok lives whenever Michelle hey. on a doing a brand. I'm there <laughs> in the audience. Um, you can find me on social media at Amber in California. You can find our company at AFMKTG. We say it AF Marketing, but again, it's AFMKTG.com or on Instagram. And come hang out. I respond to every single DM personally. I would love to connect with you. And Michelle, thank you so much for, I'm so happy we did this. I miss you and I'm excited for this. I know we need to connect in like in person and go, go hop around, maybe have some martinis somewhere. I think a hundred percent. We have so much to discuss, like the state of the coaching industry, business in San Diego, all of the things, everything, everything. And for two branding people, how funny is it that we both picked like alphabet soup names? I know. Like what are we doing? (laughs) 
that was me being like, oh shit, I have to have a business name. Well, uh-huh. that's my initials. That mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> I mean, same MKW, like those are mine. Like, yeah, no, exactly the it. same. So funny. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll see you soon, babe. Sounds good. Thanks, Amber. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.